0: Getting back, but you knew I would. Boys, hell, when will it end? When will people start? understand what's going on across this land oh what's happening brother
1: oh, 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 oh. hello everyone everyone who's listening to this we're here for
2: the Acrophase records show this is episode two we have blake ruby in the room one of our newest artists and um someone we're really excited to talk to and introduce you guys to today what's up (laughs) say hi to the people blake hello
3: people (laughs) (laughs) hello podcast people I've never been a podcast person. I've never really like listened a lot. Been a podcast guy.
2: It comes with age, I think.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: once you, you get more old, mature, yeah. you once know, you run out of things to talk we're about, two years older years. than I you I listen to podcasts. <laughs> once you um, get really
1: into NPR for no real reason, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess I guess the most proper way to do this is to let you give us a little introduction as to who you are, and you know maybe a little bit of background on Blake Ruby as an artist and then how we've ended up working together.
3: So, um, I, um, I've been doing music stuff since I was little in my Mm -hmm. church back home. Since I was about four or five, starting to like sing in the children's choirs and then playing drums and the music team and stuff. Cause it's, it's my, my grandparents church in Reisterstown in Maryland. Um, and so that was kind of my first musical outlet. My grandparents really, like, encouraged the music thing, and my parents did too, but um, whenever I was around my grandparents, they uh, they definitely, like, encouraged me to do that stuff a lot. And um, so I was about, I don't know, started... I was just, like, casually playing all throughout middle and high school and stuff like that, and then in um, the high school I joined a band <laughs> called Red Couch, and that was like the first time I ever really was like ser- trying to be serious. I mean, we were still idiots, you know. We were like seventeen. And,
2: what were the origins but, of Red Couch? Is the name of the band? We
3: don't even know. Um, was there a ben, specific couch? Ben has a couch in his basement, but also <laughs> I don't even think that's why we. That's why he picked it. Uh, we, the, the only reason he picked the name Red Couch was because we we were on the phone doing like, interviewing for like a high school battle of the bands thing. And they were like, "Yeah, so what's your band name?" And we didn't have a band name, so Ben just kind of looked over and was like, right, Cow." Uh, green Lamp. Yeah, <laughs> it, could been, it could have
1: been some other really random thing. Yeah.
2: Um, Those high school bands, man. The names fun. get pretty crazy. Oh
1: yeah. Um, well, so how did how did you end up in Nashville? Um,
3: I visited Belmont junior year, and I'd always I'd always wanted to go to school out of state, just to kind of get out and, you know, experience some new places and stuff. My parents encouraged that, too, because both of them stayed um, really local throughout college and other schooling. So I think they wanted me to kind of not do that and actually, you know, explore some new territory or whatever. And um, and I, this one, this other girl in my church uh, just graduated there for, I guess, three years ago or uh, yeah, yeah, a year before I came and her dad is another player at the church so he uh he was like you got to you got to check out belmont you know and i was like when he, whenever he told me that it was, i was like I i don't know too too young to really care about maybe doing music stuff so i was like whatever yeah i'm, I'm going to play lacrosse somewhere cool <laughs> yeah that was like what i wanted to do until probably senior year of high school but um but yes yeah, so i visited once and i fell in love with nashville i not not even as much belmont it was really mostly just like nashville
1: it's really sweet we can both relate to that i think no that's
2: <laughs> definitely cool and, but i do um, love
1: belmont Belmont's sweet
2: i think it's a unique like for a lot of people that like started doing music in like a church environment because it was like oh like that's like your first like platform almost yeah. like i had a similar oh, yeah, experience absolutely. and like Very they let me like mix too. like for like sunday worship stuff and that's like the first time i learned how to do live sound and like yeah you know whatever else but um it's cool to like I don't know (laughs) probably not cool to most people
1: (laughs) well i well i think also something about uh that's really cool about coming to belmont in nashville is that uh even if you're not trying to do the true belmont thing and go into the music program and and just like become a player there's like this really interesting sort of extended community of people who are all playing music at house shows and at venues and like people are very supportive of each other so like you get to, like, play real shows pretty quickly and get introduced to a lot of new artists and, I don't yeah, know, just, like, sure. a whole new side of things. And that was, like... That was what was really cool to me about, like, when we when we were freshmen, you know, like, the instant, like, part of, you know, just going and seeing bands play and being like, this is so cool. Like, yeah. this is in a normal college setting, which I think is what makes Belmont, like, special.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I never... You know, it's cool. It's cool watching watching it all kind of play out because being a junior now, you kind of everybody kind of knows who's actually trying to do it and who isn't. Yeah, you know, like freshman sophomore year, there's everyone's like everyone wants to do the artist thing or play or be in a band or all this, and then like life actually takes over later on in school. You know, and so like the 25 friends that used to be artists now are all just like trying to be in the industry somehow. And then there's like, yeah. you know, four or five of us that are still kind of like with, you know, within my general friend group, I'm sure there's a lot of other. Oh yeah. Delvers, yeah. But
1: no, we, I think we kind of dealt with that too. It's like, I think it's a, that's a really kind of cool thing about Belmont is that you come, everyone comes with, I think no matter what, if you're like in the music business program or an audio engineer or any of the just general like entertainment industry programs, everyone comes with some form of like a musical background, like it, and I I think has some form of a pipe dream to be an artist and, and it, and it shifts pretty quickly. And that was like a big, like uh moment for George and I, I think was like, by the time we were sophomores, we were working with like, like, you know, people were, we had started to like play in bands and it wasn't really playing in bands. It was like a band, but not playing legitimate shows. And then also like, you know working with people in some capacity and they're realizing that there was like a need for the all these kids who are in in this greater community who are making really good music to have some way for it to like be delivered to people outside of belmont yeah. or outside of nashville and like absolutely and that was like i think there's so many people like that at belmont who see the all the different moving parts of the music industry and like decide to do something different whether it's run a record label or do PR, become a producer or an engineer. And I think that's really cool because you come out like, like I feel like now we've come out of Belmont and we have this sort of huge friend group of people and every person is doing something different, whether it's they're in a band or or an audio engineer. So it's really cool. Yeah.
2: And like, I think the community around belmont and like something that really attracted me to it was like it opened my eyes to a lot of those things you know like before when you're you know a young like aspiring musician like that's the only thing you know and like you guys are talking about everyone wants to be the artist and you don't really understand the multifaceted like environment that is the music industry before then but um like you're saying like our circle of friends and then like are just like broader network because of belmont and because of the city of nashville overall i think like is a great great thing to be a part of and like really cool to watch people do their thing because like in the music community here i feel like there are the people that appreciate everything even if it's not like their like cup of tea whatever like they listen to personally but like Mm -hmm. they can appreciate that and like help you in whatever way that they like operate in the industry you know
3: for me, yeah. I always thought it was um doing the whole DIY thing forever. I, I it, until I got to school where I realized that people actually did the things that I've been doing, just only like one side like one little portion of it as like their careers, I thought was like so crazy that oh, yeah. all this stuff that I think that I have to do on my own, there's people that are literally devoting their entire work careers to yeah. the, the one For little them, section yeah. of it. So it it kind of opened my eyes to building you know trying to build more of a team around around the stuff as opposed to trying to do it all myself or you know with a small group of people but just like starting to really understand how all of that gets distributed amongst talented people in different areas because you know everyone's got strengths in that sense so definitely the behind the
1: scenes yeah. behind the music vh1 doc people <laughs> <laughs> well yeah and i so you know i from our end i think uh i like the way that i was introduced uh to you was through another artist that we work with kayla um who you know i remember it was like it was probably a little over a year ago um i was like oh, gosh like you know we're working with some people right now and like there's a lot of people that I love and, you know, we we have like a working relationship with them, but like, I want to know like who is the kid in your grade, Kayla, that's new and like, everyone is just like blown away by. It. And she was like, I remember she was like, I really don't have that many recommendations. The only person I can recommend is Blake Ruby. And I was like, oh, cool. And I, I like immediately was like, yeah, I'll check it out. And then it was funny. It was like over the course of the next few months. It was like very naturally, we ended up in the same room a lot of times. Yeah, it was weird, actually. Yeah, and like whether it was like uh, another one of our artists who was out in from out of town, uh, uh, Ginger Root playing a show with y'all. Which was
3: also so random and weird. Yeah, crazy.
1: (laughs) Who Um, booked that? Who
3: booked that? did. I hit him up not even knowing that he was like anything related to. Like to you guys, really? Okay, and, nice. And then also because I found him from she, Kayla had like a playlist on her. It was when she dropped heavy around then. Oh I, yeah, I think. Or, and and he honestly, was might have on that even playlist. been way before then. Uh huh. But I was listening to one of her songs, and then I looked at one of her playlists, and I, I heard one of his. I heard. I think it was uh, Two Step. Yeah, and that was. I was like, whoa, okay, this is actually super sick. And, <laughs> and so I just hit him up. I was like, if you're coming to Nashville anytime, just let's play a show. And I That's had just awesome. been talking to Phil about doing a house show right around then. And he was like, yeah, I'll be in town for like a whole week. In like a week. It was it was like two
1: weeks from then. I was like, word, let's do
3: it. <laughs> and that house show was actually pretty sweet. Yeah, it was great. And, it, it was a pretty
1: sweet show. That was, uh, that was really cool to watch because, uh, you know, during that time... Cameron was in town and playing solo, not his full band set. And that was his first time that we had met in person. Like oh, I had, really? we had been working together on things for over a year by that point, And we had only met each other through the internet, like over That's the phone. So and so it was cool to see, you know, like it sort of bridged the gap between two very different worlds. But then after that, I remember we had just like run into each other a bunch of times and then you, uh, I helped uh, Jackson Wooten put on Huru, Fest, Huru Fest a little bit, and, like yeah. sponsor it and stuff. That was fun. And, um, I don't know. I was so blown away by like your performance, and th- it was really cool because it was like we always talk about this. We're like Belmont, you know. It feels like every grade has like the kid. Like in our grade, it, it's like our good friends Wilder, who are now Betcha. Uh, they they changed,
3: like so they did. They changed their name. Yes, their they name had is. the
1: official name change show Whoa. last night yeah, at their house. Last night,
3: okay, yeah. Somebody else said they're going to that, but it looked, it looked pretty sweet. But was that a label thing? You think, or was that them? Yeah. That was it was just them. I yeah, think. yeah. I like it. It's cool.
1: So they, but so what? But like with each grade, you know, I feel like there's like the kid that like, that no matter what show they play, like, if it's a band or an artist like people come out in droves to see them like older than us there was like Lonely Biscuits and, well, and like Waker Koa Waker Koa yeah way. and so it was really interesting cuz like you know i'm not trying to like discredit any of those bands but like they're you know it makes sense why so many people like them because they yeah. like make good quality music and it like appeals to a bigger audience and like what I was blown away by was like coming to your show is like you're like doing like jazz changes and like like yeah, really yeah. jamming and I'm like Belmont kids are getting down to this like in a warehouse in East Nashville that's like packed and it was really cool and I was like well that's just a sign to me that if if he can if he can hit up 20 year old kids in Nashville who are studying music at Belmont and most likely they have usually have a good taste in music but like yeah you know the type of music you're making doesn't necessarily overlap with that the fact that people are that into it was so impressive to me and that was sort of like when we started to talk about you know how we could fit into the puzzle with you and stuff yeah and with I, you
3: <laughs> i just remember the uh the phone, like the phone calls, in this over the summer, and every time I was on the phone with you, I was like weeding or doing yard work. I don't yes, know yeah, remember I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I was working in my. I just had like headphone headphones on, and and I would call up Dan because I'm like I don't know what else to do right now. Like let's, let's get this shit rolling, you <laughs> know. <laughs> and so, so I would just be like carrying a wheelbarrow around the yard. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> like uh, we, you know just talking about stuff but there's I don't know I don't know if you knew that, that that's No what was I remember going you'd or be or like <sighs> you'd be like
1: sorry I'm I'm finishing some yard work right now <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: and then it would be, really like, awesome. be like and then be like like in the know, like the, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but so basically you you sent um you sent us a collection of songs that you you wanted to be a, a project um and I was instantly like this is awesome. This is and it was a lot different than it's not like it's not like it's out of the world different like in a in a bad way. It's just a lot different than what we've released before and that was super yeah. exciting to me. And and so I guess we started working like with the thought of putting out a single first and um that was Adam and Eve which I I think would be a really good song to play for everyone, but I I'd like to hear Maybe a little bit of a background on, on that song and, and where it comes from for you and stuff.
3: Yeah, um, that was probably the first song. Actually, not the, not the first song, but the the first the, not the first song that I've written that's go, that's on the album. But it's the first it's the song that kind of like inspired and spearheaded the rest of the songs. Kind of like I wrote "Summer Days," which is a song that's coming out um, towards the end of my freshman year. But um, but Adam and Eve was over that summer, and it was literally just. It it kind of I wrote it in like ten minutes. It was really weird. Like I had the progression for a little while and stuff, but um. But it was literally just because I was reflecting over, the summer and just how I wasn't I wasn't using my phone at all. Pretty much, I wasn't on the internet at all. I was kind of like taking a break from mm-hmm. all of that, and it helped me kind of see. How much that was distracting me before I before I took a break from it I, I didn't realize how distracting it was and how like it was kind of negatively impacting my actual relationships with people because I'd be hanging out with people and just be like on my phone
2: I mean one thing is like you check the battery in your settings or whatever and yeah. you can see how many minutes and hours you spend on each like app And that, like, did it for me. Like, I deleted a bunch of social media because I was like, oh, my God, this is so much time. Yeah, dude,
3: it's crazy. And social media is amazing. And, you know, there's so much amazing stuff you can do. But I just think it's really toxic how people really put most of their thought and time into crafting their image for people, for Mm -hmm. other people. You know, it's like the virtual. It's not like it's not like even that they're sharing because they're excited or proud or whatever of what's going on. Because sometimes that is the case. But some i mean most of the time and i do it too just to i kind of like you know quote unquote keep building a brand or whatever but there's like people that are just doing it because it fills them up you know not even because they have to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i know so many people that will just like be you know constantly posting or you know doing the social media thing with no gains other than to just get like a lot of likes or comments or whatever it's (laughs) kind of wild bro it's like and I'm sure that there was stuff going on before then, before social media, like actual social media that was similar to that, mm-hmm. you know, that people did. But.
2: So how did that, like, inspire, like, the music? Like, what would you say? Like, um, lyrically, did you have some concepts in there that, like, contain those kind of things, those ideas?
3: Yeah, there's a lyric in there that's, um, that's like, uh, oh, shoot, I can't remember. I can't even, like, think of, it. um, duh oh yeah yeah i need a vacation i can't even see the stars your light pollution dulls the pain of my invisible scars and that was like um like the star you know seeing the stars is in like you know dreams and goals or whatever and then like you know like light pollution Mm -hmm. is like blocking that And the the light pollution was like kind of a direct reference to just like my phone the screen Yeah. Yeah, yeah to the screen of my phone that's cool um yeah, and it's like honestly that the fir- the both of those verses are are, are kind of st- the the first verse is way more about like my experience with social media or or my just experience with being distracted from things that I think are important to me. And then the second one was just seeing how it was distracting everybody else from that same thing pretty much. And mm-hmm. and it, it's it's a it's like a weird dialogue cuz it's kind of I kind of wrote it from like the chorus is from um like a, like a godly perspective almost of like or, you know, of, of, you know, however you want to think of that, but of people, you know, like you, so you need that reassurance from something that it doesn't actually matter because otherwise, like if everybody else thinks it matters or, you know, then, then it will, you know, it'll, you know, in your life. You, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but the, you know, the verses were just about me kind of dealing with that and thinking about it actually for once and not just kind of going through everything. But,
2: okay yeah i don't know if that made any sense no that makes but, sense uh, <laughs> i think yeah, let's play the song yeah. and listen to it and give it a little more context for the here's listeners. here's the first
1: there. single uh from blake ruby's upcoming record adam and eve that was Adam and Eve by Blake Ruby. Why don't you, I don't, I don't know. I I think the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear that song is just like, uh, there's, there's a lot going on musically. That's really interesting. And it like, for me, the fact that it has like, you know, moments of, uh, jazz influence and R&B influence and so many other things. Like what, where do you think your sound sits? Like as an artist,
3: Um, I don't, I don't know sometimes, sometimes I definitely have like ideas of where I want to take things in a more direct way, but, um, shown by, you know, in terms of this album, it kind of goes a lot of different places, but I definitely think that the one thing that, that stays like stays consistent is the value of like a song and like songwriting because all, all of it is really intentional all of what I'm trying to do and say is, is all pretty like intentional and coherent. Um, but I, I don't know. Cause, it, cause there, there are songs that are, that are, you know, so different than that one on the record or that I am writing now, or, you know, or, and there's some that are really similar. I don't, um, I'm just influenced by so many different musics already
2: that, Well then I'd say like, talk about that a little bit. Like what on the album, like, can you point to as like a direct influence? Like,
3: even for just like Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve. I was listening to a lot of like neo soul stuff. I was starting. I was kind of like starting to get into that. I was starting to get into Aquarians. Yeah, Hiatus Coyote. Trying to get yeah hiatus Coyote. Jordan Rakai Yeah, probably one of my
1: favorite artists. He's cool. Right now, I I Um, actually. It's funny. We were at a we were at a party last night, and a, a guy that we're good friends with came up to me out of nowhere and was like, "Dude, this Blake Ruby song is really great." He he was like, he was like, it's like Tom Mish, but like, like even more like musically interesting, and it's not Mm. like it doesn't feel like. He was like, I don't feel like he's like co-opting like R and B and jazz things to make a pop song. I feel like he's co-opting pop things to make an R and B and a jazz song, which I (laughs) thought was cool. I was like, that's like a. I was like, damn! I've been trying to figure out how to describe this to people, and that's like the best way I've heard someone describe it. Yeah,
3: well, I th- I think that's so true because I, I love because like I said, like I loved just the art of a song, like a song being you can make it, like especially being a solo artist, I don't have as many filters like I, as a band would, you know. I can make a song sound however I want, which is which I, I the, the, like that's like so fun for me. So I can make a song that sounds like that, and then I can make a song that's like me with an acoustic guitar or like with samples and synths. You know, mm, I don't really have totally. you know as much of a you're not putting
2: parameters exactly, on exactly, like, yeah. And the music. and it's,
3: I I think the one thing that keeps everything together is that um, first off, I think my voice kind of ties everything together, and then also, um, just
1: lyrically. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like I feel like there's such a strong like you have a, such a strong style in the way that you present things, like your storytelling and and your like tendencies in writing are really interesting and and do sort of juxtapose. Musically what's happening a lot Mm
3: -hmm. That's probably one of my Sometimes one of my favorite things to do Is to make a song sound Either so different Or so coherent with what I'm saying Just to Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. Make a point Yeah,
1: I I feel like this song is really interesting Because at the start Musically how it evolves I feel like at the start Where it is lyrically And where it is musically It's like a different plane And then I feel like by the end of the song when you're playing that sort of falling piano part that's like almost like it's like like it gets like incoherent like this beautiful piano part I think that that's sort of like starts aligns with this maybe the feeling or what how I react when I hear lyrically what you're saying Mm because it is totally different than um, like there's uh, there is a good variety of things going on and that I think that's like the best music
3: yeah What's crazy about that song too is it's only four instruments. Like I, it's in crazy. my in my head, I always wanted it to be this big production, like this big like big produced song with a lot of synths and a lot of like background or you know other parts that you know other um, things in it. But every time I tried to add stuff to it, I was just kind of taking away from the beauty of this like live raw sound mm-hmm. that it had. Yeah.
2: Well, that piano is so big, Yeah. You know, like oh, the sound yeah. of that just like really encompasses the whole song
3: yeah and the guitar too i think the, the guitar um walsh Kunkel played the guitar on that and um yeah the the band that's on that an song amazing is nuts. name yeah uh, walsh is the man and um yeah and ben reeve played drums on that track and then my buddy tim houston played fender six or the in the bass yeah. on that song and those guys are all so much doper than me <laughs> music, like, like so much yeah and so um they really brought that track to life super hard cuz i brought i they were the first people i ever played like jammed the song with was those guys oh, wow. the first time okay. over the winter when we were trying to put shows together and uh and they just nailed it and we we tracked that live um and ben even tracked the drums live the first time but i didn't tr- i didn't record it well enough so he overdubbed i went back and overdubbed my keys at the hoos and um on their piano, <laughs> at like one in the morning or whatever, um, and I just kept that because I. So it 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 really did even start from just like me us in our my basement just like going at it, and I kept the guitar and bass because it takes for nuts, and um, yeah, I don't know anybody who plays guitar like Walsh. He's got such a unique style, and and Tim's style on the on the Fender six. That's why the that song sounds so cool and weird is because they have they don't play like normal. Guitar players, aliens. Yeah, no, I'm I'm serious. It was crazy. Um, they're nuts, and and that's that's probably. I mean, that's really why it sounds so huge. Just because spatially, we could do a lot with it because there wasn't as much filling, the song like part wise.
2: Nothing's like getting in the
3: way. Yeah, so we use me and Coosh automated a lot of stuff into that song to make it bigger.
1: Um, well, I I think what's interesting, having heard the whole record. And I heard a lot of the songs is that there's there's those moments where it does feel like a live track record and it feels like there's a lot going on musically that's just like a live performance but then there's other moments where it feels super vulnerable and it feels like something that you made in your bedroom by yourself and I think that that is really cool and like what what songs you know maybe like feel that way to you more so than
3: like the more gentle kind of sound sounding ones or the ones that are, you mean like just
1: like the ones that are more personal to me or, or I, I guess I mean like what uh like I don't mind for example to me like is has a, such a different vibe yeah because it, it's it's so like just the way that everything happens in it 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 just feels totally different and I I was just curious you know how how that like recording stuff like that where it's a lot more just you doing everything versus having this whole squad of people playing like live yeah how, how how that's sort of crafted and come together on the album
3: yeah um I think it's kind of it's been interesting the way it's gone is the songs that are the most personal to me are the ones that I've mostly just worked on myself
0: hmm.
3: and like just that was not even co- that was just like a coincidence um like there's a lot of like I don't mind one hurricane is one where I did most of most of, I think I actually I did Quinn, actually Quinn played a little guitar on that one but um those two songs I have the most of me playing on um and those are definitely the most like personal songs um
1: well I think it I think it'd be a good time to give uh, uh a little bit of I don't mind and then maybe we can talk a little bit more about that song and yeah, sounds everything good. else so here's I don't mind off of Blake Ruby's upcoming record
4: You're the personification of a melody A good one too The kind that gets stuck in my head so often Now that I don't know what to do But the lyrics that you represent They help me carry on So I don't mind You're the envisionment of a fairy tale and it makes me cry and even though i think i'm too old for a children's book i get swept up by the plot lines but you bring me back to old memories of mother's funeral, the way it ripped my family apart, and they tried so desperately to pick up the pieces, but they didn't know quite where to start, but buried deep underneath all the sadness, there is peace in all of their hearts, so I don't.
2: So that was, I Don't Mind, the upcoming single from Blake Ruby. We got you guys a little preview of that song. Um, Blake, what do you want to say about that one? Because it's definitely uh, contrasting styles with Adam and Eve and like their different influences on that one. What would mm-hmm. you say?
3: Like, the intro of that song is a direct rip from Wilco. Like, <laughs> absolutely, the intro. One of my favorite Wilco songs. Um,
1: Don't Say Its Name. <laughs> One of my
3: favorite Wilco songs does that And you can go check it out for yourself But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I loved it I loved that intro so much It just came out in the song It wasn't even intentional I like wrote that song And I started arranging it and everything And then I heard that song again in the car A couple days later And I was like, oh my gosh I totally ripped the beginning of my song from this like, Completely <laughs> But, uh, but uh, that song just... Um I wanted to just have a song on there that was that that said a lot about like my personal experiences of like relationships I've had but how like sometimes you know things are so crazy in the moment and there's like a lot of emotions involved in in something but when you can kind of take the moment to look back on it you realize that everything's cool you know, it was just kind of like that sort of anthem of everything's going to be cool, even though life is nuts sometimes. Um, and I think the music really kind of helps, like, convey that because the whole song kind of just chugs along the whole time and then the slide guitar comes in. and It sounds really awful but beautiful at the same time. That's kind of what I, I wanted it to be like really, like, hard to listen to for a moment and then kind of like relieve you. Mm -hmm. Um, That's awesome. So that's, that's probably one of my favorite parts of the the whole record is like that moment where everything stops and the guitar comes in and it's just like, Whoa, everyone who hears it for the first time just kind of gets really uncomfortable. It's kind of like (laughs) the sound of like
2: that drunk, (laughs) ominous dude walks in the room and it's like,
3: (laughs) literally. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything just comes back in so great. And that one was one of my favorites to arrange. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm really excited for this song.
1: Yeah. So why don't you just? Um, I think we're gonna finish up the podcast here. But why don't you just let everyone know what's what's on the docket for you and what's what's to come in the in the next few months on everything.
3: I just want as many people who can hear the songs to to hear them. You know, I think that they're they're, you know, fun enough and interesting enough musically, but also have a I I have a lot to say. And I really hope that people, you know, will dig into that. And I really hope I can kind of broaden the, um, broaden the, you know, the, the range and demographic of people that are listening to it from just like a casual college audience to like a more mature group of people too, maybe, or just a broader audience of the Nashville area, as opposed to just the Belmont community right now and my friends back home and just kind of, I, I just want to keep pushing outwards um, to, to reach the right people. Cause the, the songs are really, really meant for certain people. I think like, not everybody's going to listen to this record. I'm, I'm, I know that not everybody's going to love it, but there's going to be people I think that, that really love it. Cause that's, that's what I, that's how I listen to music. Is I I dig, I dig really hard into artists and stuff. and. I would just love for somebody to do that with my music and just like really get into it and get inspired by it and stuff like that. But
1: that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in and uh, listen to us. Talk to Blake Ruby. Have a good rest of your day.